Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell, and in today's episode, we're going to kick things off by first talking about flashing cameras and falling stands. And if you are not sure what I'm referring to when I say that, I am talking about this past Sunday between the Philadelphia Eagles going and facing the Washington football team and what pursued after the game as Jalen Hurts walked into the locker room. If you haven't seen the video by now, Jalen Hurts was, after beating the Washington football team, is on his way into the locker room, walking into the tunnel, and as he's walking, he's giving some fans and fans some high fives as he's walking, when on his left, the railing that supports the fans in the stands from getting into the, or falling into the tunnel, caved in and collapsed almost on to Jalen Hurts. And if it was not for Jalen Hurts just sidestepping right as it happened, he he would have definitely been seriously injured. And thank God that none of the fans were injured either. And anyone else that was in, involved in it were seriously injured. Because, honestly, that's easily a couple thousand pounds that was going to fall on whoever was right there. Thank God it's not Jalen Hurts or Anyone was underneath that to absorb that hit. But the reason why I want to talk about this is because just it, it, it's just bringing more attention to a already rather large subject of why the NFL needs to get rid of owner Dan Snyder from the NFL. They need to force him to sell his franchise and all that because a lot of people are saying like, oh, well, you know, this, like, mistakes happen, you know, equipment fails all the time. And, yeah, you can say that all you want. But when you look at Dan Snyder and his company, the Washington football team, and how many allegations he has against him alone, whether it be sexual misconduct, uh, unsafe workplace, just all the, a bunch of allegations against Dan Snyder already. And he now has his stadium that's failing two times during the season. There has been shit and piss water poured out on the fans during games. And now the stands are literally caving in on NFL players, players who their entire livelihood revolves on around them being able to run and perform at the highest level to make the most money that they can. And Jalen Hurts is up still under a rookie contract. He has made no serious money in the NFL thus far in his career. And he was you know, just a millisecond away from potential serious injury or potentially death, if I'm going to be real honest, because that's easily a thousand pounds falling when that came down. And it's very fortunate that no one was underneath it, like I said. But imagine what myself, other reporters, other people around the news 
would be saying right now if, say, Jalen Hurts or even one of the fans were injured when that came crashing down. I mean, the the one person that I feel like no one's actually talking about, and I noticed it because I, I really looked around at everyone who fell or were affected by that uh, railing collapsing. And I just want to say, if that cameraman, first of all, if the cameraman that, this cameraman that I'm talking about, he's the one who's kneeling on the ground, he kind of gets pushed back by the railing when it lands. If he is not well compensated for his camera equipment that was damaged, I would be suing Dan Snyder if I were him personally, because I've been a photographer before and I know how much camera equipment costs. A lot of you may be thinking, well, it can't cost that much. When that fell, his probably, it looked like 600 millimeter lens was snapped away from his camera. A 600 millimeter lens like that is probably for him, he, he probably put a good fifteen to twenty, even maybe thirty thousand dollars into that lens. And it was just destroyed potentially when that collapsed. I would make sure that I am very well compensated and get my or a new lens for that. Not only that, you gotta think about all the money that he just lost because his camera could be potentially damaged. And because it was snapped, if you watch the video from the tunnel view, you can see his uh, lens is just snapped away from the camera. And I know that certain people will say like, oh, well, they disconnect. They do not disconnect by a snap. They're a push button, twist, undo. And I'm not trying to make this about the cameraman, but if he doesn't get some money back or a new lens for free from Dan Snyder, then that's some bullshit. And I would definitely be filing a complaint if I were him because that's money. Like, his job revolves around that camera. That is his livelihood. Just like how if Jalen Hurts would have been injured during that, that is his livelihood would be affected. That cameraman's livelihood is affected because... All those photos that he took on that camera, and he's using, like I said, a 600 millimeter lens. That's not a up close and personal lens. That's a far long range, long range lens. I had a cheap 600 dollar or 600 millimeter lens, and it, I paid over 3,000 dollars for it because I did sports photography as well. And and the 3,000 dollar one is a cheap one. Like I said, very cheap compared to what. The professional like sports ath or sports uh, photographers are using, like the, uh, he better be compensated. And then the fact that all those pictures that he took, if that camera is destroyed and the memory card is, you know, messed up from uh, getting damaged during that fall, then all, those pictures that he could have sold to businesses gone everything it's not like there was any like huge big like moment pictures like you know david tyree's helmet catch photo which we've all seen the angles of like david tyree's helmet catch but that it's still money out the door for him so if he's not well compensated for that i would feel like that's a very 
large disservice to that man and his career that helps kind of promote the NFL with his art of photography. But looking at the true bigger picture, let's say, uh, first of all, let's say that photographer's not there. And this is really why I want to bring up the photographer. If that photographer's not there, Jalen Hurts is more centered in the tunnel then. Jalen Hurts had to step around this cameraman slightly, and he was more favoring the right side of the tunnel. That cameraman's not there, and the reason why he had to step out of the way was because of the 600-millimeter lens, because if you didn't know, most cameramen uh, in the NFL that are taking photos have multiple cameras, usually two, three, occasionally even four cameras on them with different lens lengths, and the 600-millimeter lens was obscuring, not really obscuring, but forcing Jalen Hurts to step a little bit more to the right. If that cameraman's not there, Jalen Hurts is definitely hurt today from that falling uh, stand, from the falling stand rail. And that's why I really am bringing up the cameraman. Besides the fact that his camera equipment is broken and I feel for him because that sucks. I had a pretty nice piece of glass Camera people call their lenses glass. A pretty nice piece of glass get broken when I was doing a photo shoot for someone, and it sucks. And a pretty nice piece of glass for me is probably a very cheap piece of glass for them. So what I'm trying to say is, if this guy's not there, Jalen Hurts potentially could have a torn ACL or a broken leg, potentially uh, some sort of head injury, if he isn't able to step far enough out of the way. And and when you watch the video, he just barely got out of the way. So for anyone saying, oh, it couldn't have made that much of a difference, it most definitely did. Jalen Hurts' right arm is not stretched out when he's hold, er, giving people high fives on the right side, and the left side, where the railing had fallen, is fully stretched out. It's He, he definitely would have been affected and injured from this railing. So Dan Snyder, this can't keep happening. Dan Snyder can't keep getting a break for his negligence of not doing anything to, for both the fans and really just the workplace that he condones. It's not right. He he should not be an NFL owner. And for those people who don't know, Dan Snyder is one of the select few owners because certain certain people will say, oh, well, you know, these, these owners uh, all would have to deal with this. No, no, no. All these owners don't have to deal with this because not all these owners own the, the stadium that they play in. Dan Snyder is one of the select few owners that not only owns the team, but he owns the stadium as well. This all rides on him. He is not, he's not doing, running a proper business. And it's really, I feel bad for Washington football fans because for one, your team hasn't been amazing the past couple of years. And I'm, that's coming from a Falcon fan. I know, but not only that, 
your stadium conditions have been awful the past couple or the past couple years, and then the workplace for those people who decide, you know what, I believe in this team, has been awful. Dan Snyder is by far the worst owner in the National Football League, and he needs to be forced to sell his team. And for those who are wondering, like I said, only like a fan few of uh, NFL owners actually own the stadium and the team. One being Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross owns Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, Patriots owner Bob Kraft owns Gillette Stadium. The Rams owner Stan Kroenke owns SoFi Stadium. Like I said, Daniel Snyder owns FedEx Field. Uh, Let's see. Bank of America Stadium is owned by the Panthers team owner. I'm blanking on his name right now. I'm sorry. And then the and MetLife is owned by the Giants and Jets owner because it's jointly owned by both teams. And that that's it. All the other teams, they don't own their facilities. So they while they do have a little bit of responsibility for the stadium it's also a responsibility for the owner of the stadium or the owners to make sure everything's running properly, and they always do. We've never had this issue with any other franchise's facility, and it just keeps coming up with Washington that things aren't being properly handled or workplace environment is poor. It, it needs to stop. It does need to stop, and it's ridiculous that it's gone on for so long. And honestly, like, how how long is it going to take before FedEx finally says, we don't want our name on your stadium? Like, I feel like this is, like, bad advertising for FedEx. Like, hey, come to FedEx Field where you might get killed because the stadium... <laughs> Stands might collapse. Or, hey, come to FedEx Field. Get shit water on your, ass, or on your head. Come to FedEx Field. Or come work at FedEx Stadium for the Washington football teams. Or fo- Washington football team. Get sexually harassed. I don't think that's good advertising for FedEx. And I really think they should uh, withdraw from their advertising of being FedEx Field if I'm being real honest. Because do you really want to be the company that's known for supporting and putting your name and logo on a field that condones all these actions, you know, poor workplace, poor environment to be in for fans, and really just all around poor conditions? I know that if I was doing this, I wouldn't want that. Also, thinking about with players, RG3, in a book that he's wrote, uh, writing about, he has said that the uh, workplace environment for him was awful. Who knows what the environment is for the rest of the players. It, it's just time. Dan Snyder should not be an NFL owner. And... I think the NFL really needs to start pushing for him to sell his team at whatever cost it might be. Like, honestly, because he, he's, not, 
he's not meant to be an NFL owner. And I hate how some people will say, oh, boo-hoo, like, yada, yeah, yada, yeah, and, like, start feeling for, oh, he shouldn't have to sell his team. That's his property. Yeah, you can say that all you want, but his property is affecting the properties of every other owner in this league and making the NFL as a whole look bad. It's not okay, and I I don't know why they haven't forced him to sell the team already. It's honestly ridiculous. Hell, they forced Jerry Richardson to sell the Panthers over workplace misconduct. They can definitely force Dan Snyder to sell his franchise for everything that he's done and the terrible facility that he has ran over the past, like, 20 years. It's ridiculous that he's even still an owner. At this point, I would say that if you, me, or anyone else walked into that same environment and had the money that he had, and that's really just the same or the thing that separates him from you and I, like the fact that he has billions of dollars. If he doesn't have that money, or if that money goes to me or you, I can almost guarantee that we'd run a better workplace environment than Dan Schneider. He's terrible. God-awful. Doesn't deserve to be owning an NFL team. And some people might say I'm being harsh. I'm really not. He's not fit to run the team facility. And it shows, like I said. But, I mean, that's really for up, up for the NFL to decide. And it's not really going to change until fans start really, you know, forcing the, NFL hand, the NFL's hand to try and force Dan Snyder out. So, I mean, I guess we're just going to need a wait, which sucks. But we're going to take a short break. When we return, we will be talking a little bit about Antonio Brown and him leaving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday against the New York Jets in the third quarter. When we return after this. Huge mistake. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like you completely thought this through. Yes, but should I do? Maybe you can just go back. Go back? Yeah. Pretend like it never happened. I mean, just walk into the staff meeting on Monday morning like it never happened? Sure. You're an emotional person. People don't take you seriously. <laughs> go back. And the whole thing never happened. Never happened? I was blowing off a little steam. So what? So what? You're entitled. I'm emotional. That's right. You're emotional. <laughs> never happened. Never happened. <laughs> uh, the famous scene from Seinfeld when George quits his job out of rage. And the reason why that scene is relevant today is because Sunday, there's an NFL game that happened between the New York Jets and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Antonio Brown got enraged, took off his shoulder pads, threw him off on the sideline, took off his shirt, and he ran out of the stadium he said, fuck it, peace out, it's been real. 
and he dipped out of the game. And the reason why I want to talk about this a little bit is because the first thing I hear about right after all this happens, especially since I'm from Wisconsin, is from like friends and or family that say, oh my God, the Packers are going to go sign Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's going to be the missing piece. We're Super Bowl ready. He, he's going to want to join the Packers, yada, 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 and all this. And <laughs> first of all, you know, Bruce Arian said he's not a buck anymore. We all heard it. If you haven't, um, I mean, now you're hearing it. Bruce Arians did say that Antonio Brown is no longer a buccaneer. But he still is. And the amount of text messages, uh, you know, just messages from people around the league, like other journalists saying, hey, so where do you think Antonio's going to go? And my response has been, he's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because he's still a Buccaneer. And the reason why I played that Seinfeld clip and why it's so fitting is because I think it would be the ultimate power move. Because if you didn't know, he hasn't been released. He has not been released. I was going to do an episode on Monday night because the fact that I thought it would have already happened by that time, but he has not been released. So he is still a Buccaneer, contrary to what Bruce Arians has said. And the reason why I bring this up is because I think he's going to be a Buccaneer for the remainder of the season. For all those teams who think that they need a wide receiver to help their Super Bowl run, whether that be the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs need another wide receiver outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And when I say another wide receiver, I mean an actual wide receiver, not a tight end. You know, Buffalo Bills could use another weapon in what would be a very good weapon from Antonio Brown. But there, if you're thinking that your team's going to get Josh Allen, I don't think it, or not Josh Allen, Antonio Brown, I don't think it's going to happen. And it's because the Buccaneers, for one, they're in a dilemma here. And this is, when I first saw this video, at first I'm thinking, okay, Antonio Brown, another episode, he he's done. But then I was literally just thinking later, probably about two to three minutes after that, wait, did Antonio Brown, was he practicing this week? Because he had an ankle injury. He And I searched it up and looked at the injury report again, and he had not practiced at all that week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then when it comes out later that night that the reason why Antonio Brown quit was because Bruce Arians told him to go back into the game and Antonio Brown said that his lingering ankle injury was affecting him. And Bruce Arians, I guess from what Antonio Brown says, then saying, said, I don't care, go in or you are not on this team anymore. AB said, fuck it. If I'm not on this team anymore, why wait around? And, and I mean, on one end, I'm thinking, okay, Antonio Brown, this could be all a lie. He, he he totally could be lying. He could be fine. His ankle injury could be fine. And I've watched the film. He looked totally fine outside of one 
uh, streak route where he kind of pulled up a little bit. But overall, he looked good for that game. He wasn't no hobbling around, no like favoring the other leg. He he seemed healthy, but if he did come out of the game because of his ankle injury, I will like say that I understand why he'd be upset with Bruce Arians. I will also say I would be up I would understand why Bruce Arians has been upset with Antonio Brown. I mean, last year he didn't even want Antonio Brown on the team. If Tom Brady didn't vouch for him and say he wanted Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown would not be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now or over the past year and a half. And for then to top it off, you know, when he came into the doors, Bruce Aaron said, one mess up, one mistake, and he's gone. Well, Bruce Arians kind of had to bite his own tongue on that one because Antonio Brown messes up uh, earlier this year, fake COVID vaccination card, which I'm not going to knock him for that. Everyone's like giving him crap and saying like, oh, you're a bad person because you have a fake vac- vaccination card. Folks, I would be shocked if he was the only NFL player who had a fake vaccination card. I'm sure that probably like a fifth of the NFL did fake vaccination cards. These players probably did fake, got fake vaccine cards. And some people might be saying, oh, that that's a little high, don't you think? I'm like, I, I don't know. We, we know how certain players feel about this, and we know how certain players feel about wearing masks as well. Some of them hate it. Like, a lot of these guys, they don't view COVID as a threat to them at all, and that's fine. That's their personal opinion and everything, but Bruce Arians with this, he when this happened, he didn't re- they didn't release Antonio Brown. They kept him. They He was suspended, and he came back, and he had a huge game two weeks ago against the Panthers. Uh, and that's why I think that the Buccaneers will not release Antonio Brown. It's because they don't want, and they don't want to hear, especially from Tom Brady, come in the NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers, potentially, that, you know, Antonio Brown had 10 receptions for 140 or 150 yards in the win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his former team. The Buccaneers don't want to deal with that. I think what they're probably doing, if, if they're not or if they're not going to release him and they not and they're not going to let him play, because as of right now, Antonio Brown could show up to the facility and he or he could show up Sunday and he could say and start suiting up. There's nothing that the team could do. They can't keep him off the field unless they say he's uh, they're finding him due to uh, detriment towards the uh, team. But, I mean, what what are they going to do here? I mean, you don't want to release Antonio Brown. If I'm the Buccaneers, if I'm their GM, Jason Light, I, I don't want to go and release Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown will probably be scooped up by the Kansas State Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Green Bay Packers, some team that needs him that can help contend for Super Bowl that are in the Super Bowl window. I mean, hell, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Tennessee Titans go and sign Antonio Brown if uh, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown can't stay healthy. 
So it, I think they're going to keep him. And I went, honestly, although this would be so shocking, for whatever reason, I would not be shocked if we saw Antonio Brown play again for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are so depleted now if he leaves at wide receiver that they, and it's funny because we thought a couple weeks ago that, hey, the Buccaneers are one of the most heavily wide receiver, heavy wide receiver groups in the entire National Football League, if not the heaviest. And now they seem so light. They have Mike Evans, uh, Scotty Miller, Rashawn Perriman, like, Outside of Mike Evans, who has been kind of dinged and banged up lately, it it's not good. Yeah, they have a great tight end group, uh, but it's not like anything that's going to be like terrifying to defenses. Rob Gronkowski's not as fast as he once was. He's still good. Cameron Brait, consistent, solid pass catcher. O.J. Howard, same thing. But honestly, outside of Mike Evans, without Chris Godwin there, Antonio Brown was needed. And it, it really, it, it might open up a door actually for Le'Veon Bell to be a very good pass catching running back that switches to wide receiver for the Buccaneers. And maybe that's the key for the Buccaneers when I think about it. Maybe they switch Le'Veon Bell to a, Le'Veon Bell to a wide receiver role and have him play wide receivers. I mean, we all know that from his days with the Steelers, he was a great pass catching back. I would not be shocked if they did that. He's not a small guy by any means. I think that Le'Veon Bell is like 6'2", 6'1", or 6'2", if I can recall correctly. Uh, He's 6'1". Yeah, he's 6'1". So, definitely not a small wide receiver by any means. Uh. But I, otherwise, I think that we could see Antonio Brown potentially back. And now I say that, and then tomorrow they're going to release him or something. Or, But unless they find him due to debt or conduct detrimental to the team, I think he's going to end up playing for the Buccaneers again because you do not want to be Jason Light and have to walk up to, or Bruce Arians, and walk up to... Tom Brady and say, hey, sorry we lost the NFC Championship game or sorry we lost the Super Bowl because Antonio Brown tore us up and we decided to let him go. A guy that you vouched for, a guy that you that lives in your house. I don't think that, that would go over well at all with Tom Brady. And... Honestly, I don't think they're going to release him. So, to all those Packers fans, Chiefs fans, Bills fans, Titans fans, if you wanted Antonio Brown, which maybe you did, maybe you didn't, I don't think you're going to get him. Just being honest. I know that there was some reports saying that no team would sign Antonio Brown after what he did. That is a total lie. If you could sign a player and have to deal with him only for like three to four weeks... Hell yeah, you're going to sign him if he's going to make a huge impact. We've seen it not only in the NFL, but all across sports. It doesn't matter if you are a you know wild card of a player. Teams are willing to give you 
second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth chances. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I mean, look at Josh Gordon. Granted, his was weed and <laughs> sound like Stephen A. Smith there. Weed. Uh, so granted, it was weed that he got in trouble for for the most part. But time and time again, he's gotten second chances. And I don't think that anyone would say, I'd rather have Josh Gordon over Antonio Brown. Chiefs fans, would you rather have, I mean, Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown? And before you even answer that, let, let me tell you the stats for both. Josh Gordon, this season for the Chiefs, five receptions, 32 yards, one touchdown. Antonio Brown stats for this season are, let's see here, pulling it up, 42 catches, 545 yards, four touchdowns. Antonio Brown, has own, in the games that he's played, have had, has had two games less than 32 yards. I think anyone's going to choose Antonio Brown. I, and I'm not trying to jo- or doc, doc or like, you know, make fun of Josh Gordon at all. He once was considered one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And if he could have gotten himself under control with everything that was going on, or if the NFL went to bend, you know, fining and suspending players for smoking weed, which really only helped them recover, it, it like it's not a performance enhancing drug. And I, I'm actually not someone who smokes weed, but I don't give a fuck if you smoke weed or if the NFL players smoke weed. But he could have been one of the best ever. And when when he was great, he was with a with terrible Browns teams, god awful. So it, it's a shame that his career has kind of spiraled out of control. But honestly, just looking at anyone's gonna choose Antonio Brown. Any team, any playoff contender right now would want Antonio Brown on their team because you know what? That means that they don't have to worry about another team facing them with him on it or on their team like Titans they would like him imagine that combination between AJ Brown Julio Jones Antonio Brown and Derrick Henry if they all are healthy by the playoffs I mean because Derrick Henry could come back for the playoffs and if you could imagine that that would be the scariest offense with that offensive line Ryan Tannehill who yes I've said has not been having the best season this year but still has the ability to either run or pass the ball. Scary. Paired with that great defense, then the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes with another great weapon, Cincinnati Bengals. Could you imagine if they got uh, him? The Buffalo Bills. I don't think the New England Patriots would add him, but maybe if they did, uh, that would that'd be a great weapon for Mac Jones. And then imagine this. I said I, I, in the beginning of the season, the Colts, if they, I wanted them to add Julio Jones, I wanted them to trade for Julio. Now, granted, Julio has not performed well, so it looks like they were the smarter team out of that. But let's say they add Antonio Brown for a couple games to end the season. I would put that, like, I would put them as a Super Bowl favorite, even with them losing to the Raiders last week. The Chargers are the only team where I'm like, eh. Yeah, they probably won't sign him, or they don't really need him. The Packers, though, I could see them signing him. I could even see the Rams potentially doing it. 
The Buccaneers, of course, they still have him. The Cowboys, they don't need him. The Cardinals, if D-Hop isn't good to go, why not add it, Antonio Brown? Philadelphia Eagles, add another receiving threat for uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts. You know, 49ers add another receiving threat if you guys make the playoffs. As of right now, the Saints are could still make the playoffs. I don't think that they would sign them. They already have one high-maintenance wide receiver on their team that has not played at all this season. But So I don't see them signing them. But, I mean, they technically need help at wide receiver too. The Buccaneers, I don't think, are going to release them because the fact that look at all those teams that would love to have Antonio Brown. Even though they say that they don't want him and that no team will sign him, I think that a team would give him one last shot because they only have to deal with him for a couple weeks. But with that being said, we are going to take a short break. When we return, we will talk about how the New Orleans Saints could shake up the entire NFC if they make the playoffs and why they could be the most dangerous team to some of the top competitors when we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bell. And we are going to be discussing why the New Orleans Saints could be the most feared team heading into the playoffs if they make the playoffs. And the reason I say that more than anything is look at the teams that are in the playoffs as of right now and the teams that they have lost to. For example, let's look at the Green Bay Packers. First week of the season, who did they face? They faced the New Orleans Saints. Who did they get absolutely destroyed by? The New Orleans Saints, 38-3. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who faced the Saints being their divisional rival two times every year, have not beat the Saints twice or have not beat the Saints at all over the past two seasons in the regular season. Now, they won last year in the playoffs. Yeah, you could say they they might not be as scared in the playoffs. But still, they still haven't beat them this year. And I would say that both, I know for a fact, actually, both games I favored the Buccaneers. And then we look at some other teams, such as, from the AFC side. Now granted they won't have to meet them. Unless the Saints made the Super Bowl. But if the Saints made the Super Bowl. And say the Patriots made the Super Bowl. Everyone would probably think. Oh the Patriots. You know. Mac Jones. the That great running game. Their defense. They're going to beat the, <laughs> the New Orleans Saints. They lost in week three to the Saints. And they took their L pretty handedly, quite frankly. I'm just saying, I'm I'm not going to say that the Saints are world beaters or anything, but the Saints always play their best football against their best opponents, it seems like. The opponents that they should, shouldn't even be anywhere close to beating. Even when you look at like them facing the Dallas Cowboys, they lost by 10 points. Yeah, not quite for, not quite a close game, but not 
what you would think the Cowboys would have done. You'd think the Cowboys would blow out the Saints. Then you look at the Tennessee Titans, barely beat the Saints, 23-21. to Honestly, I'm just saying, that this game, this game, the game of football, some stranger things have happened. I would not be shocked if the Saints got into the playoffs and if they made it past the first round, or you want, say they faced Tampa in the first round. I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints won that game. And then they go to the divisional round. They'd probably end up facing the Packers if I if I am 100% certain. They, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I could choose the Packers in that game because the Packers got destroyed. And for those people who say, well, they had Jameis Winston at that time. Jameis Winston, as I even said after week one, had nothing to do with the Saints win in week one. Yeah, he had good stats, but he didn't do anything. He did what you or I could have really done. Give us a couple weeks. Give us an offseason. I'm pretty sure you or me could have stepped into that system and done almost exactly what Jameis Winston had done. So I'm just saying I'm not going to say that Trevor Simeon's like a savior or Taysom Hill will be able to beat these teams, but honestly, I can't count them out. And I know that they're kind of a long shot to make the playoffs at the moment, but still a chance they make it, and I could see them causing some havoc for the NFC. But then on the other side, leading into another topic that I'm just going to talk about, I'm going to talk real quickly about a dream I had last night. And this is why I don't see the Saints making the playoffs. It's all because of this dream. All right, cue the music. I had a vision that came to me in a dream. This vision was a vision of the NFC playoffs. A vision that showed me the winners from each round, starting off with the wild card. The LA Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys being the winners. Then it showed me the divisional round where the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won. And that's when it brought me to the NFC Championship game. And in this dream, I was driving my car. I had been watching the NFC Championship game, and then all of a sudden I ended up in my car, because that's how dreams happen. (laughs) But I'm at a stoplight. And I look at my phone to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have lost to the Green Bay Packers. 44 to 37 or 44 to 37. And the Green Bay Packers were heading to the Super Bowl. I had a vision that came to me in a dream. And in this vision, I saw the NFC playoffs. And I saw who would win each round of the NFC playoffs. It started in the wild card with the LA Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Dallas Cowboys winning. Then it brought me to the divisional round where I saw 
the Green Bay Packers take home a W and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take home the other. And that is when it brought me to the NFC Championship game. And I was watching the game when all of a sudden, just like how any dream goes, I somehow end up in a car. And I check my phone at a stoplight to see that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had taken home the L, losing to the Green Bay Packers 44 to 37. That's when it brought me to the Super Bowl, and I just saw the Green Bay Packers. Did not see the other team. I don't know what was happening in the stream, and I don't know why the Packers were the only ones on the field. But isn't that just how dreams work? I now am saying I'm going to ride with for the rest of the season. Unless something miraculously changes, I am going to stick it out, and I am going to say that the Packers are going to go to the Super Bowl because of this dream. Because how many times have you or me or someone else told you, hey, this came to be in a dream, or whoa, deja vu, man. I remember seeing this in a dream. This is that moment. The Packers are going to go to the Super Bowl. I am sorry to the LA Rams. I am sorry to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am sorry to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry to the 49ers, the Eagles, to any of the Saints, whoever had playoff hopes or Super Bowl hopes on the NFC side. I am sorry. I am wiping that clean. It's gone. The Packers are going to the Super Bowl. It. I know that there's going to be some people who just look at me and say, well, that's kind of stupid that you're going off of a dream. And that's okay. You can think that. Quite frankly, I kind of think it's a little stupid too. But at the same time, I've, I've had too many of those moments where you say, hey, that's deja vu. I'm not going to like doubt it this time. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers as of right now to be in the Super Bowl this year. And, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers' last dance. Uh, I, I think that it just is so fitting. So with that being said, I hope that I do have a uh, dream about the AFC, but I doubt it will happen. That's not how dreams usually work just because you want it to happen. But, I mean, if it does, that'd be great, and I would tell you guys about it, but <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, we will be back on Friday with another episode with the Week 18 game predictions. And until then, have a great week, and we will see you then. Peace. And quite frankly, I think it's a little stupid because, uh, I mean, watch, the Packers are going to end up losing uh, in the divisional round in the and the uh, L.A. Rams, Dallas Cowboys, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers are all going to lose in the wild card. That's probably what's going to happen. But, I mean, I'm going to ride it out with this dream for right now uh, unless something changes. But as of right now, I don't want to be looking like a fool because I didn't trust my dream so I'm going to stick it out with the Packers on this one 
But with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, we will be back Friday with the week 18 game predictions. Until then, have a great week, guys.